Let's pray. Father, this morning we are in urgent need of you. We've all come in here with something that we need to put down. And hopefully by the end of this morning, we will leave with something to pick up. It's in your name we pray. Amen. How y'all doing? It's been a week, hasn't it? Well, I'll tell you this much before we get started. I just came off of conference, so I'm going to be a little extra feisty today. Yep, yep, yep. So, <clears throat> I'm willing to bet that you can remember where you were and what you were doing when a defining moment in your generation happened. Whether it was landing on the moon, JFK, Princess Diana, OJ, or anything out of the Billy Joel song, We Didn't Start the Fire, or Squishmallows. Anybody under 10 knows about that. But I am no different. I know exactly where I was when Santonio Holmes, you know where I'm going, did the Super Bowl toe tap. I was on the ARB, Allegheny River Boulevard. You're like, why weren't you at home watching this Super Bowl? It's a story for another time. But I was on the ARB and I had to listen to the second half on the radio. And so I had all these pictures of this back and forth. And then when Larry Fitzgerald, who I, I love and at the same time hated, scored a touchdown, and I was like, what are we going to do? And then the drive. And then the toe tap. I was only able to hear what was happening. And it wasn't until later on when I got back home that I got to sync up what I heard with what I saw. And what I saw was more beautiful than what I was imagining in the car. Real life was better than my imagination. And this isn't the first time that I missed something important. I guess you could say the phrase, that's news to me, is mine, right? So let's talk about that. When I was in college, we decided it was a good idea during the first week of freshman year to stay out all night long and try to be the first people in line when Cranberry opened Krispy Kreme. Now you may recognize somebody else in that picture. I'm underneath the one, the person right next to me. We're just gonna call him Bob. I can say that ultimately it was not the best decision staying up all night <clears throat> because that's usually not a good idea. But we did have a lot of fun playing ultimate frisbee in the adjacent Kmart parking lot. <clears throat> and we were racing shopping carts and doing those things that would probably get you tetanus back in 2000. And we had a grand old time. As the morning came closer, it was apparently we weren't gonna be number one. 
Because there was a lady who came with a tent and a yappy little dog. And it was her mission in life to be at every Krispy Kreme opening that she could get to. So imagine seeing this on the 7 a.m. news. Now, I've been told by my friend Bob that we still have video footage of this, of this uh, event that was on the news. Uh, it's on VHS, and someday we'll get it converted, but for right now, it's locked away safe. But imagine at 7 a.m., Seeing some people that you know while you're eating your honey bunches of oats, getting ready for work. <clears throat> so after it was all said and done, we got the donuts, and we were really tired. We headed back to campus, and I just went to sleep. It was like 8 a.m. I was like, forget humanities today. I'm going to bed. So I go to sleep. I wake up at like 2 o'clock, something like that. And it's like every one of those apocalyptic movies you could possibly imagine. I wake up. My roommate's not there. I go out into the hall. It's quiet. <laughs> so I start going, man, where is everybody? So I walk down, and there's nobody on second floor. And I'm like, Jesus came back. Um, <laughs> Uh, I went down to the first floor, and then I went into the lobby, and I saw some people sitting around a TV. Back then, TVs were just becoming flat screen. And they're like, good morning. I'm like, hey, what's going on? They're like, do you not know? Like, where have you been? So I told them the whole story, and they said, look at the TV. It was the morning of 9-11. I slept through it. Needless to say, the rest of that day was a blur. I don't remember praying at chapel. I don't remember much about the conversations that happened after that. But I do remember that it was like I missed it. Jesus, we thank you so much that you are a God of the moments. That you just don't let us skate by. That you have us rest and reflect as you did. Help us this morning to rest and reflect. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn to Luke 24. We're going to be kind of going through this chunk by chunk today. So our first chunk starts in verse 13, and it goes like this. That very day, Easter, okay, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. 
While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? So I reflected on this a little bit this week. Had a lot of time for a reflection this week. And I reflected on all the times where I've had the walk back. Like when the day has come to an end and you know it's time to go home. And one of the more famous walkbacks that you might be familiar with is at Kennywood at closing time. The music comes on and everybody starts to make their way towards the exit. And as you pass under that goodnight heart, and you enter that really creepy tunnel, I don't know why they put something so beautiful next to something so creepy, but they did. You go on to recount your day. Everyone's talking about how many times they rode the raging rapids. By the way, it's coming back how wet you got, who got the waterfall, and then how you spent the rest of the day trying to dry off on the thunderbolt. You talk about what you ate and what kind of maybe came back up, but we'll just we'll leave that for somewhere else. The whole entire day is let loose in this conversation and perhaps you can think of another walk back. Maybe it was a concert that you just, you walked away and you went, wow. Maybe it was a church service when you left and you just, you couldn't talk because things were just so profound. That's not totally unlike what's happening here though. These people are walking back to what is likely their home after experiencing that whole week, the amazement, the disappointment, and everything in between. Big difference is, though, in this story, Jesus interrupts and comes alongside them, trying to get the scoop. And the scriptures say that they were kept from recognizing him. That's more likely something that Jesus did on the miraculous side than it was like Jesus' face being blocked because he's carrying a big stuffed animal after he knocked over some milk jugs in kitty land. They're on this walk back. And let's see what they report back. <clears throat> Second part of verse 17, it says, and they stood still looking sad. Then one of them named Cleopas answered him, are you the only visitor in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened here in these days? It's like what they said to me in the lobby. And he said to them, what things? And they said to him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people. And how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. 
But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. It's Sunday, and they're still stuck on Friday. Yes, and besides all this, it's now the third day since these things have happened. Moreover, some of our women in our company amazed us. They were at the tomb in the early morning, and they did not find his body. They came back saying that they had even seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, and they did not see him. These guys are stuck in between, aren't they? It's like the shell shock that I felt in that lobby. Like, I see what's happening. I hear what's happening. But it doesn't register. First, we should notice their body language. Before they even respond, you can see that whatever it is, it's not how they had hoped it would go. And it must have been like reading the body language of, of your child after they've had a bad day, or they came back from a game that they didn't win, or that you know when the boss says, we need to talk, how that feels. So this is just kind of showing a picture of shell shock. Like, hey, are you the only one who knows, or like the only one who's here that doesn't know about this? And as I've reflected on it, I'm thinking, it's probably not just the three days that, or the seven days, it's probably the whole entire time. Like all of this. The entire time that Jesus has been doing his thing have you been living under a rock? And so they both go into accounting this, like eyewitnesses who are giving expert testimony. And here's the interesting thing. After they summarize all of these things, and it even gets as personal as the people that they know, they still don't get it. And now Jesus moves from being uh, inquisitive to being instructive. And he reacts to their reaction. And he mirrors back to them the same sentiment that they're giving him. And he said to them, verse 25, O oh, foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer all these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. This mile, this walk that they were on was about seven miles. And much like other times Jesus challenges people to have greater faith, he begins this process by opening up the scriptures 
and helping them see things in living color. And I like to think in pictures too. And so uh, behind me is going to be a picture. You guys ever seen this? Anybody know what it is? Here's what it is. This is an infographic. And it's visually beautiful. But the context of it is what makes it beautiful. This is 63,779 cross-references in Scripture. Everything on the bottom, all the white stuff, alternating gray and white are books of the Bible. Everything above it are references. The further the reference, the different color. 63,700 79 connections in Scripture. Now, Jesus didn't walk through all of those. But he walked through the ones that were most important. If you have a hard time after hearing evidence, after seeing other people's lives transformed. Here's another 63,779 reasons to not be skeptical anymore. Verse 28, they drew near to the village to which they were going. He acted, Jesus, as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it is toward evening, and now the day is far spent. So he went to stay with them. And when he was at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened. And they recognized him. And he vanished from their sight. That kind of makes me chuckle a little bit. Because it's like, you're like, all right, I'm sure, I'm not sure. I'm sure, I'm not sure. All right, I know who you are. Poof, where did he go? And they said to each other, this is my favorite line. Did not our hearts burn within us as he talked to us on the road when he opened the scriptures to us? It was like, even though they didn't recognize him, they did. And at this point, I would have been exhausted with the whole thing. And just when, you, when everything's settled, Jesus moves the goalpost. I don't want you to miss what it was that caused them to see him for who he was. And that was when he took the bread and broke it. If we go back a little bit, when did that occur last? When they had the Passover together. Did not our hearts burn within us? 
coming into contact with Jesus. Just being in his presence sets your heart on fire. When was the last time you experienced your heart on fire? When was the last time you were in the presence of Jesus and it was so impactful that you were moved this way? Now, I'm skeptical of people who say they have this all the time. And I'm also skeptical of people who say they know Jesus who say they have never had it. And a lot of times, most people will liken what this is like to being overwhelmed in worship. But it's not just when we're singing that these things occur. It's, it's when God's word is read and proclaimed. It's when we are praying together. It's when you're walking on a road after something has occurred and you don't know what to do with it. can happen anywhere because it doesn't matter where you are it's ma it matters who you're with and let's let's not lose this either this was so profound for them that at the end of the day when it was dark when they were tired they got up and walked seven miles back the other direction because it could not wait it could not wait for them to tell everyone else. And it says in verse 33, and they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem. And they found the 11 who were there gathered together saying, the Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. So here's something I do not want you to miss. After what was likely a long day, they didn't wait. All the events of that week, all the events of Easter day, they did not wait to run and tell the story. What was seemingly an emotional roller coaster ends with a confession that the Lord has risen. He is risen. My hope this morning is that you can take some encouragement from this testimony. Because perhaps you came in here Riding the courage seesaw. Encouraged. Discouraged. Can happen many times even in a day. Perhaps you came in here this morning stunned or wondering, is this it? Perhaps you came in here this morning and, you, and your heart hasn't burned in a while. 
and you need to be sparked. Perhaps you need to set some time aside to sit down to a meal with Jesus. Feasting on his word. Perhaps you need to go back and look at some of these 63,779 connections and taste the rainbow. Perhaps you need to make the decision after a long day that it's too profound to stay put. And perhaps there is someone this week you need to witness to about the Lord who is risen, risen, Amen. Let's pray. You're the only one who can spark us. Perhaps it's been a long time since we've been in your presence or at least that we've understood that we were there. May you grant us grace, mercy, opportunity, creativity, and, and courage to go about and do the things that you would have us do to be a witness and a light in a world that desperately needs it. And that you are the source of all. Amen.